Hi, everyone. This is Catherine Adams and Elizabeth Wallace, and you're listening to Binary System Podcast number 310. And tonight, I think it's probably going to be a bit of a short episode because, I don't know, following WonderCon and we're still waiting on Saga, we're still waiting on Laura Olympus, we're still waiting on Peaky Blinders, still waiting on Peaky Blinders, haven't really dive too far into Book of Boba Fett. So we figured what we would do is catch up on something that's, I don't know, how many months old is this now? What? Raised by Wolves? Many months at this point. (laughs) So you and Nathan just watched episode four of season two. Right. Yes. And things be violent, of course. Yes. Yes. Um, A couple of things that stood out to me in this episode. One, Paul, Mm -hmm. the fact that he's like, he insisted that they had to go to warn Marcus that the trust was going to send an attack against them. Yeah. And he obviously seems to be bonding with Marcus. And, but he says that he hates Sue, his Mm -hmm. person who was, even though Marcus tells him, well, you know, the whole idea of, killing your parents and pretending to be your parents and traveling here was my idea. But Paul's still willing to give him the benefit of the doubt that he hates Sue. Only thing I can think is that he has to make himself hate Sue because he really truly believes that since she's not embracing Saul as a religion, she's going to hell and he doesn't want to be that hurt by embracing somebody that's going to hell. So I thought that was that was an interesting take. I mean, for a second, I was like, oh, sure, the man gets a pass, but the woman doesn't. No, it's a bit more complicated than that. Yeah, just a smidge. However, it didn't turn out well for anybody. No, no. Um, yeah, he gets... Well, the trust used him as a booby trap, basically. I mean, wasn't... I mean, he's sitting there with Marcus, and all of a sudden, he just, like, staggers and falls to the ground and gets covered with sores, and so does his mouse. Mm-hmm. So the mouse that... The trust gave back to Paul was was the booby trap, wasn't it? That's or, right. Yep, oh. and they even called it a, a bio bomb, which is oh. pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah. Even got one of uh, one of Marcus's people as well who got it. Like I think Paul kind of got it at a sort of a grazing attack, but the other guy just got like the spores full in his face and just went down hard, and it was just oh grotesque to watch. I know, and it's even worse because Campion goes to get Mother to tell her what's happening so that she can rescue Paul because Marcus thinks that he can just pray to Saul and everything will be fine, but Mm -hmm. Campion's like, "Mm, fuck that shit, I'm getting Mother. And she manages to get her eyes out of Marcus, which answers my question because I thought he'd accidentally chewed them up when they got jammed down his throat. But no, he swallowed them and she was able to pull them out. I thought she was going to pull them directly out of his stomach, uh, alien style, but no, she manages to get it out of his mouth. So she flies Paul back to the trust and she tells the trust, you have to fix him or I'm putting you down. And the trust tells her there isn't an antidote for what happened to Paul and you need to give up your eyes to make everybody safe. And she says no. And she she deactivates him. And Nathan was just like, this is right out of 2001 when she starts unscrewing <laughs> those little canisters and I start singing, Daisy, Daisy. And Nathan's like, my mind is going. I can feel it. <laughs> nice catch. I was just sitting here the whole time thinking, really, there's no better. I mean, this is the giant thing that is running the entire colony and one per- well I mean one necromancer can walk in but I'm like it's that easy to destroy it it's not any harder than that no like codes or something someone has to sort of get I don't know anyway I thought that was 
a smidge easy. But yeah, and then, of course, everybody in the colony panics, and she tells everybody, there's no need to panic, and everybody still panics. Yeah, because she says, I have no interest in leadership or control, and as soon as a suitable human leader is found, I will give up power. And I told Nathan, every single dictator that has taken power via a coup has said pretty much the same thing to everybody. Don't worry, I'm only here until you find somebody better, and then I'll happily turn over the reins. Now, I think Mother has a slightly better chance of actually meaning it this time, but I get the idea that's just not going to be as easy as she thinks it is to just hand the reins over and still be able to protect her family, which is all she really cares about. And she will do pretty much anything. Yeah. But the other thing about this episode that stood out to me was father, because I mean, I love the bit when he and the other two um, uh, mother's family are walking him back from that battle where he managed to win that thing of fuel. And father is just like grenade fishing for compliments. Oh, absolutely. I I hope the sound of the applause didn't hurt your ears. So yeah, (laughs) he just he, he so much wants to be effective and useful. And he's working on this fossil thing, whatever that seems to be regenerating when he gives it fuel. But when he comes back after mother has taken control and he finds his workroom completely torn apart. And his first thought is, well, I guess mother came in and destroyed it. My last comfort. And I thought, yeah, he would, he would automatically go to the idea that it was mom who hurt him like yeah, that because he's, oh, yeah. he's getting used to that now. Yeah. Um, but of course, spoilers, by the end of the episode, he turns around and there it is glowing in the sky, which also when Campion was running to get Mother, one of the other um, pilgrims, apostles, whatever, almost shot him, but that glowing thing appeared in the sky. And so now Campion is just like, oh my God, it's Saul. I've had a religious experience. And so that's always interesting. But yeah, uh, Father thinks that Mother destroyed it, but then he sees a light coming through the door and there it is hanging in front of him. And also his eyes do this weird flicker at one point. Like he's been sort of taken over, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Knowing, as I do, how the second season ends. um, Yeah, interesting things to come there. But we also have... The other apostle that had kind of been hooking up with Marcus, and she had the android who was made to look like her daughter, and Marcus never liked that thing. And then because the android let Campion go, he told the apostle, you know, it's it was kind of like a it's her or me type of thing and you have to make things right and all that kind of stuff and convinces her to destroy the android. Well, I think what really tips her over is that she's she's trying to make herself destroy the android and they've got it pinned down and she looks up at her and says at one point, are you going to break my neck again? Mm-hmm. So you have to wonder, is that how her actual daughter died? Is that why she's gotten yeah. so obsessed with keeping this android that looks like her alive because she's trying to atone make so that it didn't happen i guess but yeah so she does she slashes the android's face off and then chases it over a cliff so i'm pretty sure it's gone right i can't tell you i cannot Uh, tell you anything I, i figure because we didn't see the body being hacked into little tiny pieces and reduced to its component elements then yeah she's probably going to come back because everybody does on this show yeah yeah but it had this real feeling of the you know, the the apostle, the mother, quote unquote, to the android, that feeling of like, when you're so obsessed with, I don't know, with a guy, with a girl, whatever, you're obsessed with a person, but that person is not interested in you having children, and then bad things happen. I mean, that's stuff that's happened in the real world before. And it really felt like that, like, she was so desperate 
to be with him that she would do this thing that she had not wanted to do at all. And so that's a very, very toxic relationship going on there. Which makes it even more interesting that as Marcus is talking to her after mother has taken her eyes back and he no longer is all creepy and covered with those weird veins, black veins that move all over his face. And it seems to be freaking her out now that, you know, because he's wanting to still continue the relationship. And she's just like, I don't know, something feels different. I'm like, well, yeah, he's, he looks human now. Apparently that was not acceptable. I don't know. It's very strange. Yeah. I thought it was partly because she really does believe he's the second coming. I mean, all the stuff that she's seen him do, and he's got this magical thing, and now that seems to be gone. And she's wondering if she's, I don't know, attached her cart to the wrong horse. I don't know. She did this terrible thing to the android daughter, and now she's wondering if he's even this as special as she thought he was. So yeah, it's a... Yeah, things going to happen. Okay, yeah. Well, we'll have to watch. We have four more episodes, so see how this progresses. Yeah. Uh, so a little side quick thing that I just wanted to mention. So I started re-watching the second season of Beastars. Uh-huh. I don't I don't remember when the third season is supposed to come out. Do you remember? No, no. I don't know that oh, they've... Okay. Maybe they've gotten a plan for when that's supposed to drop. I don't know. I don't know. But it was I was working on some projects, and I, I thought, well, maybe I'll just I'll turn on the dubbed so I can just listen to it while I'm working on some projects. Then I was like, uh-huh. oh, no, even better. What I did, <laughs> I turned the audio onto the Spanish language version. Oh, no kidding. Okay, well, how was that? You know what? Okay, so if anybody doesn't know, Kath and I have been doing Duolingo for a while. Hannah does Duolingo as well, but Hannah's doing Welsh still, isn't she? She is, yeah. She's still, she's still sticking with the Welsh, I think, which is damn wow. impressive to me because that... That language has too many consonants. Oh, my goodness, yes. So it does actually, like, if you're not paying attention, you can actually start to, like, pick out words. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it'll make you a little bit better about hearing the Spanish words and translating them. But I got to tell you, I think the Spanish voice actors are doing an amazing job. No kidding. They do great. I think all the emotion is coming through. And... I think the voices are definitely like, it's a little jarring because the the timbre of the voices is different from the English version or the Japanese version. But I was just sitting there sort of looking over the screen at one point. I'm like, this is really good. They're doing a good job. Oh, I am so glad to hear that because I have watched the whole series through on the um, the Japanese language track. And then I've mm. watched it without any subtitles at all. So I could just see the artwork and just oh, yeah. bask in the animation. So now I have an excuse to watch it another time. That's right. And now I'm thinking, <laughs> wonder if this really will help me learn Spanish just a bit better. That would be fun. Certainly wouldn't hurt. And that's interesting because I had a chance to read a um, advanced copy of a book called Together We Burn by Isabel Ibanez. And it is about a girl who is trying to save her father's business or, you know, the family business, which is arena fighting, but it's not bullfighting, it's dragon fighting. And it's set at this kind of fantasy version of Spain. And the author just peppers in little phrases in Spanish. And it makes me feel really smug because I can actually parse it out what it's saying. Although she does, when someone says something, someone else will respond in English in a way to let you know what the first phrase had actually meant. So I I think it's I think this is also a good way to kind of like strengthen your Spanish ability because you're sort of getting used to some of these phrases 
phrases that are used all the time and figure out their context. So nice. yeah, I, lo- I love when people are able to do that. Now, now I think that we've got Beastars doing that. Um, yeah, that would be helpful. Any excuse to watch Beastars again from beginning <laughs> to end. Completely fine. Yeah. Only other thing I wanted to mention is that we've got almost all of the WonderCon content onto the site. We've currently got five photo galleries. Uh, I haven't heard from Alex yet. I've got to get his photos up, but I think he's like busy with family and stuff like that. So that might take a little bit. But we also got the interview that Lauren had signed us up for with the cast and creators of the show Undone. So apparently the second season is coming out later this month and the first season is only eight episodes. So I'm like, "Mm, I really do feel like I need to watch it. Um, It's, you know, same creator as BoJack Horseman. I think there's going to be some humor, but it's also going to get really dark. (laughs) Boy, but speaking of those photo galleries, um, okay, now the series that you did of the Superman walking up behind the DC cosplayers. Oh my God. that was really cute. <laughs> I was just, I, I had gotten, it was actually mostly Bat family. You know, it was like a Nightwing and I think a Robin and a Batman and whatever. And I said, oh, can I get your guys' photos together? And they said, oh, yeah, sure. And they're just kind of like getting themselves arranged. And I've got the camera up and I'm starting to take the pictures. And I see Superman walk up and he's got this look on his face. I'm like, go, dude, go. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think any of them realized that he stood behind Batman. It was like pointing at Batman's head like, <laughs> it's just it's a great photo bomb. It is awesome. And what was the story behind uh, the Deadpool cosplayer trying to sneak in with uh, all the other, uh, the, the big group cosplay? Well, I... Th- I think it may have been a known thing. Now, what they do when they do these big meetups at WonderCon and Comic-Con, you know, they get like all the DC cosplayers or all the Marvel cosplayers or whatever, and they all get arranged at the fountains so that people can take pictures. They've usually got somebody organizing it to get everybody arranged, make sure everybody's visible. And then they'll even be like, you know, all the photographers are all standing around and the organizers be like, okay, everybody ready? Now look over here. And they'll have them look over at one side of the photographers. And then they'll slowly have the cosplayers look at different areas so all the arranged photographers can get a good shot of them looking at the camera. Wow, that's really yeah. considerate. Oh, yeah. it's I, I'm just amazed. Now, I think this may have been known, but they have all of the DC cosplayers set up. And Deadpool was snuck into like the second to last row. He was wearing an Avengers suit and everything. I don't think that he did that unknowingly, because I think if he honestly tried to do that, I think some of the cosplayers take this seriously enough that they'd be like, hey, hey, this is for DC people. Get out of here. But there were several shots taken with Deadpool. And then they did several shots where everybody's looking at Deadpool. And then they made him go to the front. And then one of the organizers was like, hey, you should do a selfie with all of the DC people behind you. So he totally did. He's got like a <laughs> selfie with everybody behind him. And then I tracked him down after the shot to get his picture. But I believe they also did more photos after that of honestly just DC people after that one. You know, to make sure it was like a real thing. Um, but yeah, it was very funny. I like that. Yeah, Deadpool is one of those things that the fact that he's not part of the same continuity just makes it funnier. Oh yeah, it's great. And the only other thing I wanted to mention is I did finally finish reading Ursula Gwynn, or T. Kingfisher as her name is. I finished reading her book, The Hollow Places. Ooh, uh. 
<laughs> that's going to color my entire memory of WonderCon this year. No I mean, kidding. That is, Isn't that awesome? It is. It is. Every time I think about that hotel room where I was staying, I would imagine reading this really seriously creepy story. But, oh, it's so good. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to her next book, Nettle and Bone. But then I saw she also has something coming out in the end of July called What Moves the Dead. So she really oh. seems to be embracing the creepy factor in her books lately. I I thought that the Twisted Ones was definitely interesting. And I enjoyed it. But it doesn't, in my mind, hold a candle to the hollow places. Yeah. I just thought that was so... <laughs> ama- that I do have to admit, though, there was like a quote-unquote twist as to who had been responsible for some certain things. And, um, you know, you... She's trying to set it up early in the story. And there's, you know, something that gets picked up and put aside and everything. And by the second time it happened, I'm like, ah, oh, that's important. Yeah. Can- <laughs> okay, yeah. yeah, that that would yeah. be the, um, when you uh, uh, introduce a gun in the first act, you have to have it go off in the third. Yeah, yeah, Chekhov's strange antique. So it definitely went off in the last act. But yeah, that's that's fun. If you like a horror story, I highly recommend that one. That's great. But I guess that's going to wrap us up for the week. Short episode this week. So make sure to check out PixelatedGeek.com for all the book reviews, the movie reviews, the comic book reviews, the photo galleries. Lots of photo galleries. Yeah, currently five of them up on the site. If you spot yourself, make sure to shout out in the comments so we can tag you. The cosplayers have already started reaching out, being like, hey, that's me in the Batman outfit. And I'm like, yay. Um, Yeah, and looking forward to hopefully more conventions in the future. I don't know. I mean, it depends on what COVID does. I mean, the numbers are so super low right now, which is awesome. However, I keep hearing some doom and gloom. Um, Let's cross our fingers and keep ourselves safe. Yes, please, everybody. Wash your hands. Get your boosters. Yeah, yep, yep. Very short while from now, we will have uh, more saga and we will have the return of Lore Olympus. Yay! Oh my gosh, I'm counting down the days. I finally finished that bit of fan art that I've been working oh, on for art. more than a month now. Oh. Thank God I'm finally done with that. Oh. oh, but it's so good. Yeah, check out Catherine's Instagram is Fandragon Adams on Instagram and it is an amazing Lore Olympus fan art. You really should check it out. Oh, thank it's you. Awesome. Yes, yes. But anyway, all that and more, pixelatedgeek.com. So, you know, uh, Night Elm next week? Night Vale next week. Yeah, I think so. And all other sorts of things in the nerd world. So one way or the other, we will talk to everybody in one week. Talk to y'all later.
the android let Campion go. Sorry, the cat just jumped on something. Come here. And apparently, the second season, I think, is coming out later this month. <laughs> so much for the uh, traffic noises going away. I think maybe a little bit less. I don't know. Anyway. They've usually got somebody... They've usually... Pooey. Which... Hold on a second. I'm going to find out what that is. Yikes. 